Another champion is slaughtered, and Chow and Selena investigate. Also, Prince Dorian makes another trip to Selena's room. Stick around and find out what happens. I'm Captain O.G. Readmore, a reading kind of cat. Read a book like me, you'll soon agree that reading is where it's at. everyone and welcome back to the Book Militia Booktube channel where we are reading The Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass. Now last chapter was 29 and Selena had beaten Varen in about 5 seconds with no weapons. It was time for the charade to end and Selena was not going to hold back any longer. Also Caltain had been telling lies and at the Queen's Court, she had been invited by Queen Georgina to attend the Queen's Court. There were some uh, gymnastics going on and everything. Caltain was bored, but she took this opportunity to kind of position, you know, how she is. She's very conniving. She's very scheming to try to further her position in the castle. Now, her eyes were set on being the next queen, and she was not going to let anything stand in her way. So in chapter 30, Chow and Selena are in the training room practicing shooting bow and arrow, and the target was all the way on the other side of the room, which was farther than they had ever tested on or practiced. Now, Selena was pretty confident, and Chow was kind of bothering her, saying, no, you need to pull back more. You need to aim up more. You're going to hit the wall, you know, and he was going on about this. And Selena was actually having, struggling a little bit, trying to pull the bowstring back far enough to reach that far end of the room. Chow, like I said, he said, you're going to hit the wall. And Selena says, I'm going to hit you in the head if you don't shut up. So, you know, a little bit of fun going between them two. Now, Selena had noticed that Chow had some purple circles under his eyes and she thought that he must have not been getting very much sleep recently, especially with the the champions being found murdered around the castle. So he's probably been investigating a lot of things that's been happening and hasn't got much sleep. Actually, Selena hadn't slept much recently either, waking at the slightest sound. So she's kind of on edge about, uh, you know, with these other champions being found dead that she could be in danger. Also, she, she's been on high alert recently, which has kind of cut into her sleeping. Now, Chow had not made any progress as to who was doing these killings, but to Selena didn't really matter who, but how. You know, how was whoever was doing this choosing the victims? Five were dead so far, and Selena had only been able to see one of the crime scenes, and she wished that she could have seen more to see if there was kind of, maybe some kind of connection with the things that were happening. Now, I, I don't know why she's thinking, but I guess she wants 
concrete evidence. Now, she has been told that other champions were ripped apart, and she saw the the one, I think it was Grave, one of the, la- the last one that had happened, she had seen the crime scene, and she had seen his chest being torn open. So there, there is a kind of a connection. I don't know why she isn't thinking. I guess she wants to see it with her eyes only to see, but I think she's more concerned about those word marks if they're at all, all the crime scenes. So she kind of wondered, you know, if, if the, the crime scenes that she hasn't seen, if there were word marks written there also. Now, Selena sighed and quietly said, Kane knows who I am. I know she said this right off the top of her head, and Chow got this surprised look on his face, and he said, How? And she said, Parrington told him, and Kane told me. Chow had this serious look on his face, and he, Selena lied and said, You know, Chow asked her, when, when did this happen? And Selena, I don't know why she lied, but she said, a few days ago, which had actually been a few weeks ago. She told him about the incident that had happened at the clock tower when she was with Nehemia, uh, the confrontation that they had with, with Kane. She also told him that Kane knew that she was holding back in the competition. Now, Chow asked her, do you think that the other champions knew? And Selena said she didn't think so. At least she knew for a fact that Knox didn't know so. Probably none of the other champions knew either, but Varen knew for sure because remember when they had that confrontation at the clock tower that Varen had been there with him also. So he knew also. Chow said, it's okay. The element of surprise is over, but you will still beat Kane at the duels. And Selena smiled when he said this and said, it sounds like you're starting to believe in me. Be careful. So they were interrupted by footsteps that, that were running up to them. And a couple of guards kind of skidded to a halt and saluted you know, Chow Westfall, the captain of the guard he is. And they said, you're needed. Chow said, what is it? Uh, the guard said, another body's been found. So Selena asked the, the pale guard if he had seen the body. And he said, yes. Now Chow kind of gave her a sharp look, you know, at this boldness of her starting to question the other guards. So he looked at her for a second. He said, you want to prove yourself? And Selena said, I don't need to prove myself. I'm the king's champion. He said, let's see how good you are. Come on. So he's asking her to to come with him to this crime scene, which was pretty awesome that he trusted her, not just to throw her back in her room, you know, and him run off uh, to see this crime scene. So it was pretty, pretty cool to see that. He said, come with me. So when they arrived at the dead champion, some of the guards had already kind of created some order about the place. I guess they had pushed some people back, you know, and had a perimeter mapped out where people couldn't get too close to the body. Now, Chow and Selena had pushed their way through the crowd of people, the spectators, and when Selena saw the body, her hands kind of went slack at her sides, kind of in shock in a way. Chow cursed violently. I mean, she had never even seen him act like this, but I guess he's just been under so much press, pressure recently that that was his response when he seen the body. He says that Selena didn't know where to look first, the body with the splayed chest. So again, this this chest being cut open and splayed open, or 
the deep claw marks in the floor or the two weird marks that were written in chalk on both sides of the body. So Selena's blood went cold. There was no denying the connection now. Chow asked one of the guards, who is it? But Selena answered before the, the guard could even respond. She said, Varen. Okay, so one of the troublemakers is out of the way, Kane's buddy Varen, and she had recognized his curly hair and thought he was, you know, he was one of the leaders in this competition. Well, what kind of animal could have made those claw marks, Selena asked Chow. This could not be a human now that did this. There's no human that could have dug claw marks into a stone floor. It says that they were a quarter of an inch deep in solid stone floor, and there was no blood in the claw marks. Now, Selena said to Chow, which means, and Chow had asked her, she shuddered at the thought, you know, whatever did this sharpened its claws before it gutted him. This was creepy as hell. <laughs> so, this is some creature that's doing this. My question is, how is this creature, you know, going through the castle without being seen by anyone yet? This is a kind of a mystery to me also. Now, Chow had asked, why is that important, you know, about the claw marks being in the floor? And Selena said that whatever did this had time to do that before it attacked him. So it had had time to sharpen its claws in the stone floor before it attacked Varen. Now she looked at the torches on the walls that were hanging on the walls and Selena had noticed that they were burned down to stubs. So when Varen died, the hallway must have been lit up. The reason that this is interesting is because the nearest door was 50 feet away and then on the other side of the hallway, the nearest corner was about 50 feet away and Varen was a lion right in the middle of this hundred feet, you know, uh, hallway, he would have been able to see whatever was coming at him from a long way away. So Chow had asked, you know, if he had seen some creature, you know, wh why did he let it approach him and not run away? And Selena said, well, what if it was a person instead of a creature? He wouldn't have felt threatened, you know, if he would have just seen a person. So Selena had continued on. She said if the person had disabled him or disabled Varen long enough to summon a creature, there are clean cuts around his ankles that looked like his tendons had been snapped by a blade. So this could possibly have been done to keep him from running. Now this was really interesting. I had never even thought of this, you know, if it was a person that was summoning a creature and then when, when the deed was done, unsummoning it, and then him walking on, you know, about his business. This was very interesting and this also hints at magic. Possibly someone is doing magic again in Erelay, which was, uh, we all know, was banned by the king. Selena picked up one of Varen's hands and she noticed his fingernails were cracked and broken. She had ran her her fingernail under his and, you know, I guess scratched whatever was under there and kind of smeared it onto her palm. She told Chow, look, he was trying to drag himself away from whatever it was. She could see like little pieces of rock and dirt 
you know, under his fingernails as he was trying to get away. And she lifted up his arm and under where his hands would be, there were scratch marks on the floor, which kind of proved this point. He was trying to scratch, you know, or back up away from whatever had done this. And Chow again asked, you know, so what does, so what does all this mean? And Selena looked at him and said, it means you're in trouble. So Selena thought that the evil in the, in the castle that Queen Elena had mentioned and the champion's killer might be one and the same. I thought, duh, I thought this from a long time ago that whatever she had mentioned was probably what was killing these champions. Now, if you think back a long time ago from the very beginning of the book, there were dogs that were found in the castle dead. And they were also, they were ripped apart or they were like half half dogs. This kind of made me also think that if this was a person summoning a creature, why would he go through the trouble of summoning a creature to kill a dog? Was it for practice or is this creature acting on its own? So this was pretty interesting that I had remembered that incident about the dogs. That was before any champions had been killed yet. So the scene after that had cut and Selena was sitting at the dining table looking through a book and again she was searching for word marks that were drawn, that she had seen drawn near Varen's body. I guess she had copied them down on paper and then had been looking to see if she could find them in any book. But she suddenly slammed the book shut. I guess she was frustrated at not getting anywhere. Now it says that Selena had been having... Uh, nightmares recently and she had been dreaming of ancient battles swords with eyes and weird marks that had swirled around her head she saw gleaming armor of fey and mortal warriors she heard the clash of shields and the snarl of vicious beasts and the smell of blood and rotting corpses the thoughts had made her shudder so selena was kind of lost in her thoughts when she suddenly heard a voice that said I hoped you would still be awake, and she jumped, you know, at the voice because, you know, when you're thinking of something scary and then you hear a noise or something, you know, you're, you're startled all of a sudden. Dorian entered her room. Now, he looked tired, and she said, what are you doing here? It's almost midnight, and I have a test tomorrow. Selena felt a little relief, actually, that he was there because the other champions that had been killed, they had always been alone, so I guess it kind of felt comforting to have him in her room with her. He came and sat down next to her, and Selena said, I guess you have heard about Varen. Of course, he said, his face kind of went dark all of a sudden. Selena said, aren't you concerned about the fact that so many champions have been killed by someone's feral beast? And Dorian looked at her and said, those murders have happened in dark hallways. You are never without guards and your chambers are well watched. So I guess he's trying to set her at ease. Alcina said that she wasn't worried about herself, but was worried that how it might look for the king. And Dorian had replied, you know, since when have you ever been worried about my father? And she said, since I became his champion. Maybe you should solve these murders before I become the king's champion because soon there's going to be no champions left. 
His face was kind of close to hers, and he kind of smiled as at any other demands. Now, him being that close to her kind of made her feel warm. You know, she does have these feelings for him. And Selena said, why are you so disheveled tonight? So he noticed his hair was messed up and his clothes were kind of wrinkled. And he, he uh, Selena had asked, has Caltain been chewing at you? And he said, no, thank God. One of my bitches gave birth to a litter of mongrels. I had hoped they would be purebreds. Selena asked, are you talking about dogs or women? He looked at her with a little grin on his face and he said, which do you prefer? Oh, hush up, Selena said, and Dorian laughed at this. So kind of teasing going on between the two, which is kind of nice to see. Selena let Dorian know that she had went with Chow to see Varen's body and also that she hadn't been sleeping well recently. And Dorian asked Selena, would you play the piano for me? But she refused. And he asked her, you know, if if playing the piano had stirred up uh, kind of bad memories for her, maybe that's why she didn't want to play. She looked at him, you know, to see if he was mocking her any or any way because, you know, they do tease each other a lot. But I guess she wanted to, before she said anything, she wanted to see if he was serious. And he wasn't mocking her at all. And she answered, sometimes. He said, of your family? And she stood up and she said, don't ask such stupid questions. And he apologized. He said, I didn't mean to pry. She's very secretive about her past for some reason. We, we don't know what that reason is yet. But his question said had kind of cracked the door to her past. Something that she really didn't want to think about. And she, it says, you know, she quickly closed that proverbial door and locked it again. Dorian wanted to know more about Selena, and he, she said, I'm an assassin. That's all there is to know. He said, yes, but you know, why is it wrong for me wanting to know more about, you know, how, how did you become an assassin? Selena said, it's boring. Now, the prince said, it wouldn't be boring to me. Let me just ask you one question. I promise it won't be too personal. So Selena thought, I, you know, what? what's the harm if I, if I don't want to answer, I won't answer anyway. So she said, okay. So Dorian seemed like he paused for a minute. He thought about what he wanted to ask. And he said, why do you like music so much? And Selena paused, also paused for a second and thought about it. And she said, I like music because when I hear it, I lose myself in myself, if that makes any sense. I become full and empty all at once. When I play the piano, I am creating something instead of destroying something. So you, you can kind of understand the way she feels because her life as an assassin seems like she's always destroying something, destroying people, destroying lives. But when she plays the piano, she feels like she's creating instead of destroying. She had opened up a little bit more and she said, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be a healer before I became an assassin. And when I play, it makes me feel that feeling I had when I wanted to be a healer. So it's kind of bringing back these nostalgic feelings for her when she plays the piano. She said, I've never told anyone that. And she laughed. She looked at Dorian and he was smiling. She, again, you know, kind of teasingly, don't mock me. 
he said, I'm not mocking. I'm just, I'm just not used to people speaking from the heart. Now, I thought about this statement that he had made too, and you can kind of understand in his position, other than maybe his mother and his father, maybe child too, because they are such good friends, but no other people really speak to him truthfully. They kind of tell him what they think he wants to hear, which might might or might not be the truth. So he's just not used to someone speaking from the heart to him. And that was pretty impressive to him. So Selena said, now it's my turn. Are there any limitations? So Dorian said, nope, I'm not as private as you are. And she said, why are you not married yet? Dorian had responded, married? I'm only 19. Yeah, but you are the crown prince, Selena said. He didn't want to answer, but he gave in to her. He said, I'm not married, he said, because I don't want to marry someone inferior to me. In mind and spirit, it would be the death of my soul. Selena had replied, she said, marriage is a legal thing. It's not sacred. Many kings have married to strengthen their kingdoms. What if your father asked you to marry, you know, another woman to strengthen his his castle or his kingdom. And Dorian said, he has his armies to do that. You could have women on the side, Selena said. Marriage doesn't mean you can't love others. Dorian had replied, you know, he had heard what she said, but he had replied back, you marry the person you love and none other. So he has this old style feeling of the way marriage should be. You know, he, he thinks it's this one-time deal. You marry someone that you love, and that's it. You know, you spend the rest of your life with her. While Selena was brought up in this way that you get married for some kind of political reasons or some kind of positioning reasons, which doesn't prohibit you from going off and still sowing your wild oats, you know, with others. So her and Dorian had kind of had this really different views of marriage. So other words had been exchanged between the two. Selena's thoughts were, were, you know, he is a prince. He basically can do whatever he wants. But Dorian, you know, didn't think like that. It seems like, you know, he was a man that could change Aralee forever. He he could make, a, make it into a land of happiness where you know, every man could rule themselves. And he had told, she had told him that, you know, you, you, you have the power, you're next in line. You can change this place for the better. And Dorian said, you speak of anarchy and treason. Not anarchy, she said. And you can call me treasonous all you want. I've already been convicted of being an assassin. He had moved a little bit close to her and he touched her hand. Your eyes are amazing, he said. A little bit of flirtatious things going on here, a little move he's making here. And he went on to say, you know, I've never seen eyes with gold rings in them like yours. And she said, are you trying to flatter me? I'm afraid it won't work. (laughs) And he said, you know, I'm just speaking the truth. And he noticed the ring on her finger. Now, he said, where did you get that ring? Who gave it to you? And she pulled her hand away and she said it was a gift and not your concern. So 
he knew this ring because the castle had given out this ring at the last big party that they had. So, of course, he knew, you know, the origination of it, but he didn't know who had given it to her. He probably thought the only two people who really have contact with her is Chow or Nehemia. So, he's probably thinking those two, but he didn't say anything. Now, Selena knew that Chow, you know, would not like her to tell Dorian that he had given her that ring. So, he said, I just wanted to know who's giving my champions rings. Now, she had, Selena had admired how handsome he was, and she wanted to touch him so bad. A game of billiards? Dorian asked. And she thought, you know, uh, last time, you know, they, they were able to get very near each other as he was teaching her, so she wished for that again. So she immediately got up and started walking towards the game room. At that moment, she had realized, you know, that she really did like him. So after that, the chapter had cut to the dining hall, and Chow was watching Duke Parrington. I guess after Selena had told him, you know, about Kane knowing and Duke Parrington had told her, he was kind of, he was probably really mad about Parrington telling Kane that, and he was kind of studying him at dinner time. Duke Parrington was sitting across the room at another table, and Chow was kind of just looking at him and noticing him. And he he had told Parrington, you know, before the, he had sat down at another table about Varen, and Parrington hadn't seemed to be bothered at all. Now, many of the other sponsors were wandering around the dining hall like idiots, it said, probably not knowing, the others not knowing what had happened. Now, if Selena was right, he thought that the killer could be one of these sponsors. You know, if Selena was right about a person summoning a creature, it could be one of the sponsors. So Chow had seen Duke Parrington in, in the court use his size and position to get what he wanted and influence others. He had high aspirations, and he was also, you know, the king's main advisor, so he had this kind of position in the court. It said, but the thing that had captured Chow's attention the most was the time in between Parrington's grins and laughter, I guess, talking to other people around him. You know, sometimes they laugh, sometimes they grin, but he said he noticed the times in between those times. It was if a shadow had crossed over Parrington's face, and it was so strange that when he had first seen it, he he remained in the dining hall longer than he normally would have to try to catch that look again. Uh, it said a few moments later, it had happened again, and it's Parrington's eyes just suddenly went dark as if he saw everything around him as if as if it really was and found no joy or excitement in, in it. Chow knew little about Parrington and he didn't trust him either and Dorian didn't trust him either especially after Parrington had suggested that they keep Nehemia as a hostage in order to control the rebels from er, uh, from Eloi. So again, you know, it said that he was the king's most trusted advisor, and he hadn't really done anything other than things to secure Adderland's conquest. So Chow noticed Caltain a few chairs away from Parrington, and she was looking at him also, but not out of admiration, but out of cold calculation, it said. 
Where was Dorian, he thought. The prince hadn't come to dinner yet. I guess maybe he felt like he wanted to uh, tell tell these things to Dorian that Chow had been thinking. Now, Chow looked at Parrington again, and there it was again, that look. Parrington had looked at a black ring on his finger, and his eyes went dark. And then suddenly it was gone again. His eyes had returned to normal. I'm wondering if this ring has some kind of magical properties or is what's maybe Parrington is the one that's summoning this creature. That ring maybe has something to do with the summoning of a creature. Maybe that ring is kind of possessing him or controlling him in some fashion or way. Maybe he doesn't even know he's doing it if he is the one. So all of these things are going, you know, were going through my mind as to what could be the answer as to what's going on and is, is Parrington involved in any way. So he, he looked over at Caltaine to see if she had noticed that change in Parrington's face, but her face had not changed, so it seemed like she did not notice it. Surely, Chow thought, I, you know, I guess with all this nervousness of all these murders, I, I must be mistaken about the, you know what I'm thinking about Parrington, but later on he just couldn't shake that feeling that he had about Duke Parrington, and as he was watch, watching Duke Parrington, he just felt like Duke Parrington was watching him back. And that ended the chapter. Very creepy chapter this one was. And also, you know, the story is opening up a little bit. These seems like these murders of these champions are getting more and more frequent. Uh, there is a connection with the word marks being found at all of the sites. The claw marks in the stone floor really made it you know, question as to what is doing this. I mean, it seems like it is not a person that's doing the actual killing. Oh, a lot of things going through my mind. I have no idea what's going on, but the book is so good, and it, that's what makes it so good. You know, you've got this kind of suspense butterfly thing in your stomach going on as to wanting to know what's going to happen next. I'm not reading ahead at all as I explain each chapter. I have not read the next chapter yet, so I'll, that's why I'm having this butterflies in my stomach as to thinking what's doing this, what's going to happen next, and on and on. But we're going to end the chapter right there. Thank you so much for joining me. We are the Book Militia on YouTube. If you have not subscribed yet, please do so. Also, you can click the little bell icon, which will give you a notification when I upload new videos. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much. You all could spend your time any, you know, spend your time anywhere that you like, but you chose to come and spend it with me, and I highly appreciate that. And with that, we're going to end the video, and I will see you on the next one. Take care, guys.